NLP, there's a presupposition that says there's a structure to excellence. And when you can understand the structure to how somebody gets really great results, then it allows for you to implement that same structure in your own life in whatever area that is. It doesn't matter what the topic is. You are listening to Amplifier Success Podcast, episode 252. And today you're going to discover how to convert your consultations into more clients. You ready for this? Let's get started. Welcome to the Amplify Your Success Podcast. Get ready to ramp up your revenue, amplify your impact, and make your mark in the world. This is the show for experts, thought leaders, and service professionals who want to shatter their limits and achieve that next level. You're going to find out from other experts and influencers how they made it. Now, let's get Amplified. Hey there, inspired entrepreneurs and business leaders. It's your host, Melanie Benson, Authority Amplifier to expert-based business owners. And you're in for a real treat today. I've got an amazing guest lined up for you. We're talking about discovery calls, consultations, strategy sessions, whatever you want to call them. It's the introductory call that you have with a potential client and how to convert them into more sales. And my guest today is an absolute expert in this area. And I'll tell you, this is something I struggled with for a long time. And it wasn't until I learned a formula that everything started to flip. So I want you to take good notes today and really pay attention to the strategy behind it so that you're able to serve more of your ideal clients. Now, the ultimate outcome from a discovery call is to enroll great ideal clients. And I want you to imagine for a moment that you are attracting and enrolling your most ideal clients. And let's just take this up another notch. These are ideal clients that are willing to invest top dollar to work with you. That's what it's like when you learn how to transform your wisdom into wealth as a highly paid authority. And I'd like to share with you how this works, what the factors are you need to have in place, and one thing you can do immediately to boost up your revenues and get paid well for your wisdom. Head on over to authorityamplifiers.com and you'll find access to my eight-step roadmap to becoming a highly paid authority along with my masterclass. These are the same steps that I take my mastermind and the Amplify Your Authority Inner Circle through, and I'd like to share them with you too. Once again, that's authorityamplifiers.com. Now let's get into today's episode. Welcome back, Amplifiers. I'm so excited for today's conversation. We've been talking a lot about sales in the Amplify community, and today we are going to learn how to convert your discovery calls into more clients. Welcome to my new friend uh, as executive officer of Sales Maven, an organization dedicated to authentic selling. Nikki Rausch has the unique ability to transform the misunderstood process of selling. With 25 years of experience selling to such prestigious organizations as the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, Hewlett Packard, and NASA, Nikki shattered sales records in many industries, receiving multiple top producer awards along the way. Today, entrepreneurs and small business owners from a wide range of disciplines hire Nikki to show them how to sell successfully and authentically without being pushy or salesy. 
An engaging and sought-after speaker, she shares the secrets of her sales success through illuminating keynote addresses and business-changing workshops. Her robust sales maven society ignites game-changing outcomes for her clients, and she's got a podcast called Sales Maven, which you can find on any of your favorite podcasting platforms. Nikki, I'm so glad you're here today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to have this conversation with you. Yeah, well, you know, sales is like the lifeblood of a business, right? So yeah, sure is. If, if we want to be more successful in business, we've got to have a really good relationship with selling. And yes. I know that's definitely been a, it's a little bit of a landmine for some of our more heart-based entrepreneurs. Yeah. So what would you say are, are the steps or like the ingredients of a really good sales process? Okay. So the step, I actually teach a five-step process to the sales conversation and I call it the selling staircase. I actually wrote a book about it. It's my third book and it, I break it down into five steps. And the reason I teach it as a staircase is I believe that it's your job to earn the client's business. And that means your job is to walk them from step to step to step. And if you understand which step you're on, then you know what to do and say next to help guide and move your client to the next step. And then by following a process, a structure to the sales conversation, it makes it so much easier for you as the seller to go, okay, I know where we are in the conversation. I know kind of what the next step is. I know what to say. And then, and then by having that ability, by understanding it, it brings a level of confidence and ease to the conversation. And frankly, it makes it so much easier for the client because they don't really know what to do. They're waiting for you to be the expert to lead them to this process. And it means that you get, you get to the last step in the selling staircase, which is the close. You get there more often in a conversation when you follow a structure versus just kind of winging it. And then you might not really have a lot of closed conversations. And frankly, if you don't have a lot of closed conversations, you're probably not earning a lot of business. Yeah, I would say that's true. And I think a lot of people are uncomfortable with that step. So yeah, uh, it's important that you have steps. I, I'm a fan of having structure. Like I, I know a lot of people are like, Ooh, structure, it's going to limit me. I like to kind of wing things. I'm a huge fan of structure because I think when we follow those processes, they're there for a reason because they mm -hmm. are, are going to help you get more predictable results. Would you yeah. agree with that? Yeah, totally. There's um. so my background is in addition to all of my sales background, I also am a master practitioner of neuro-linguistic programming. If that's a new term to anybody listening, it's really the study of communication. But NLP, there's a presupposition that says there's a structure to excellence. And when you can understand the structure to how somebody gets really great results, then it allows for you to implement that same structure in your own life in whatever area that is. It doesn't matter what the topic is. And so by implementing those, that structure, then you can get results as well. And that doesn't mean that you have to um, act like a robot, right? Like that's not the, that's actually not at all what you're supposed to do. It's finding your way within the structure to be authentic, to have it feel more natural, but realistically it brings a level of confidence when you know, like, okay, I know what step I'm on. I know where I'm supposed to go next versus like, I don't really know what to say here. <laughs> I'm not sure what to do. 
I don't know what if they say this and what if they say that it's like, you don't have to worry about that stuff anymore because you're ready. Hmm. Yeah. That feels so exciting to think about. (laughs) I can remember a time when I didn't have that kind of structure and now how um, it felt very daunting. It's like, well, what am I going to do? So I I love that you, you also like have that process. So we're talking about a discovery call today. And it occurs Mm -hmm. to me that all our listeners may not really know what that is or have context for that. What do you mean when you talk about like a discovery call? Well, you can call it a lot of different things. Um, I teach it as step three in the selling staircase. And the idea is it's that conversation that you have with a prospective client to understand what's the problem, what's the need, and do you have a solution that meets that need? And the only way you're going to really understand that is by asking the right questions. So I always say the discovery part of the sales conversation needs to be pretty clean. And by being clean, that means you're not asking a question and then selling and then asking another question and then selling. No, the discovery process is your opportunity to ask really good questions that allows for you to to kind of get to the heart of the matter to go what really is going on for this person? And do I have a solution that is going to solve the problem, meet the need, whatever that is. So that's what I mean by a discovery. It can be a formal discovery where we set up a time, you and I get on a call and I kind of walk through a process or I walk through a series of questions. It can also happen more authentically or more like organically, I guess I should say that maybe you and I meet at a conference And through a conversation, I start to ask some questions and get a sense that, oh, maybe you've got something going on here and I might have a solution for you. But before I even go into selling in any way, I've got to understand what's going on. And frankly, I also need to make sure I have your permission before I even offer you a solution. So even if we're at a conference and I get a sense of like, oh, I could really help this person. You'll never see me be the person who goes up and is like, hey, Melanie, you should really hire me because I could help you with blah, blah, blah. Like, nope, (laughs) that will never happen. I will only have that conversation with you if I have permission to like, are you open to hearing about some solutions? Yeah, I agree. Totally. So we're talking about really good questions and you know, how you're going to structure a call like this. What are some of the types of questions someone should ask on a discovery call? Well, one of the first things that I recommend that you do on a discovery call is you pre-frame what's going to happen on the call and you ask permission before you even launch into questions. Okay. So an example of a pre-frame is let's say you scheduled a call or you agreed to have a call with me because maybe you're wanting some coaching around your proposals or whatever it could be. It doesn't matter anything sales related. So at the very start of the call, my job is to create rapport like to build rapport with you, to create safety for you as somebody who maybe doesn't have a lot of experience with me. So I'm going to pre-frame what's going to happen because that helps create safety. And then I'm going to ask permission before I launch into questions. So an example of that, what I would say, you know, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me today. The we're scheduled to talk for about, I don't know, 20, 30 minutes. Does that still work in your schedule? So I'm going to check in about time. And then I'm going to say, now, in order to make this call meaningful and productive for you, is it okay if I start with a couple quick questions? That kind of like settles the, like, 
it helps settle the client or prospect. It lets them know what's going to happen. And they've now, they've agreed to asking or to answering your questions. So now you can have your like set list of questions. Now, some of those questions are going to be really specific to your business and what it is that you offer, but there are some really great sales questions that you're probably going to ask like 90% of the time, every person you talk to. And one of those questions is what's important to you in regards to, and then you insert your context. So for you, I might say, you know, what's important to you this year regarding your proposals. If I knew that that's what you wanted to talk about. Yeah. Power, powerful questions um, are, I think a game changer. Mm-hmm. And it, it is, it blows my mind how many people kind of lose the energy right out of the gate because they're not asking questions. You know, they just kind of let the client talk about whatever. And so, you know, have you seen that too, where sometimes people, they hold back from like take kind of taking the lead in the conversation. They're not asking questions or let the letting the client potential client, like ask lots of questions. You know, how, how do you regain control uh, and direction of the conversation if, if the other person is starting to get into their story and, you know, take, take, go sideways. <laughs> yeah. And that can happen. Um, it, it's really important. One that you understand as the seller, it's your job to earn the person's business and it is your job to lead that conversation. And if you let the client lead, they can kind of go anywhere And some people like to tell their whole story. It's like, so when I was five, this happened, right? And then this other thing, and then now you're like, well, this is going to be a huge time suck. So one of the things I might say is, you know, as interesting as your story is, and as much as I want to hear it, we do have a limited amount of time together. Is it okay if I just ask you a couple quick questions that are going to help us figure out whether or not we're a good fit for working together? Because frankly, if you're a coach, which I am, right? So I don't really... I I will say like part of the discovery is for me to understand, is this person even somebody I want to work with? And if they can't answer questions or if they can't, if they're just going to talk the whole time, like if you show up and you talk the whole time, you're not going to learn anything new, right? Just like me as the seller, if I talk the whole time, I'm not going to learn anything about you. But if I let you talk the whole time, you're also not going to learn anything new about ways for us to work together, how I might be able to solve your problem. So I got to kind of nip that in the bud a little bit and, and pull it back to, you know, because we have a limited amount of time, is it okay if I ask you a couple questions that'll help us determine whether or not we're a good fit? Yeah, uh, that's well said. So we started this conversation with the idea that there's something that we can do in these calls that really help improve the conversion, like yes, to move those discovery calls to something meaningful for both parties and making a sale and getting a solution. What do you think is that one key thing that people need to do? Well, the one key thing is you, you've got to take notes, frankly, mm-hmm. in that discovery by asking the right questions. And I, I'll also say this, that one of the big mistakes that people make in the discovery questions or in that discovery call is they ask questions that they only need the answers to once the person hires them. And that's a mistake because this is precious time of understanding, am I talking to an ideal client? Do I have a solution for them? So I'm not going to spend a bunch of time asking questions that I really only need the answers to after the person hires me. I want to focus on the questions that help also plant seeds for you as the prospect 
uh, does Nikki know something that I am interested in knowing more about? Does she have, so these questions are really important. Like for instance, one of the questions that I will ask in a discovery process is, do you know how to create curiosity when you're talking about your business? The reason I ask that question is because I teach how to create curiosity when you're talking about your business, right? So I'm not going to ask you a question like, um, you know, how many people do you have on your email list? I don't need to know the answer to that unless we decide to work together or how often are you emailing your list? I also don't need to know that until we decide to work together, but I do need to know, do you know how to create curiosity? Because if you don't, I already know there's something I can help you with. Mm, That's brilliant. That's, That's so key. So as you're talking, I'm thinking about all the mistakes that I've, I personally made along the way as well. I've known uh, a lot of my clients make until they learn their process. What do you think are a couple of the biggies that people are making in their discovery calls that's affecting their ability to make the sale? Well, one is they're selling after they ask a question. If they're like, like, sometimes we get so excited that we have a prospect on the call with us and we're like, I know I can help this person. So I'll ask a question, they'll give me an answer and I'll be like, well, you know, I have a solution for that. I have this course, you'd be great for it, blah, blah, blah. Then I ask you another question and I'm like, and I also have private coaching. We could also do this together. And now all I'm doing is mudding the waters and confusing you as the prospect. So I think that probably is one of the biggest mistakes because by the end, the person is so overloaded with all these different options and solutions that you gave and um, that they're like, I don't know what to do. That's one thing. Can I give one more? Is it yeah, okay? Please. okay? Here's another huge, huge mistake, especially as a coach or somebody who offers a service is do not coach during your discovery call. And I know that goes against some of the stuff that people teach out there. And I'm going to explain why you are a huge amount of resource. Like you have all this expertise that you bring to the table, whatever your business is, whatever, you know, whatever it is that you offer, you are a wealth of knowledge, but the person who's on the call with you, they don't know how much, you know, and they don't know like all of your expertise. So sometimes people want to like, like, I, I want to impress you so much as a prospect that I'm going to give you like a solution because I know that it's the tip of the iceberg. I always call this actually the example I usually give is it's like, if you imagine all of your resources, all of your knowledge, everything you bring to the table is like behind you. And it's like a big, beautiful white sand beach. And it's just full of all these grains of ray or of sand that are just nuggets of information that you can offer to somebody They don't know that there's a beach behind you. You give them one grain of sand, which is a coaching um, suggestion or something that's going to help them in some way. They think that is the beach because they don't know what's behind you. So now they don't think they need to hire you. And frankly, you know that that's just one little grain of sand. They're going to miss out on working with you and getting a real solution to the bigger problem in their life, in their business because you tried to impress them with your knowledge during that call. That's not your job. Your job is not to convince people to hire you. Your job is to understand what the need is, what the problem is, offer a solution to it. Yeah. Uh, well said. Uh, and I, and I honestly, I think it goes back to that process, that structure you're mentioning earlier. It's like the more you understand there's a structure to this, 
and, and like over deliver. This is the place not to over deliver. Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> yes, exactly. And it's so funny because so many coaches, especially, and I think a lot of service providers do this, but most service providers, they can't give you any of their like wisdom without really digging deep and, and like going into your business. But coaches are like, they're selling their information, their knowledge. So mm-hmm. they just start giving it away without recognizing you're just, you're just taking the edge off of that need for somebody. And, and now they're feeling like, Oh, I got it now. Yeah. yeah. It's like, Oh my gosh. And believe me, I've made this mistake too. Cause I love to coach. Mm-hmm. I love to coach. I love, love the process of, Oh my gosh, I see a blind spot that somebody has and I can help them with language or I can offer this little thing to them but I have, I've seen it happen in my own business. And I see it always in my client's business that when you coach, then they go like, Oh, that's really great. I got this really amazing piece of nugget, you know, from Nikki. And now I don't need to hire her, but I also didn't pay for it. So there's really no reason to implement it because I don't implement it. I don't think Nikki stuff works. So I don't want to go back and hire her later. It's like, no, (laughs) my clients that hire me that pay money for the knowledge that I offer for the coaching, you know, that I provide for the language suggestions, they implement because they invested in it. So they're going to go and implement because they implement, they get amazing results and they go and shout at the rooftops, you know, out there of like, I have the most amazing sales coach. This is what happened in my business as a result. So then they create like the next round of clients for me too. So it's not good for your business for you to just be giving for free specific advice. And there's lots of ways for people to get, you know, free advice. You, you have an amazing podcast. People can get all kinds of knowledge from you, from your podcast. I have a podcast too, that I'm happily giving of myself and sharing advice on there, but I'm not giving specific coaching advice to somebody who hasn't paid me money. Mm -hmm. Exactly. You know, there's another um, area I think that gets really gray for people. And, you know, this idea of a discovery call is all well and good, but a lot of people don't know how to just position that. Mm -hmm. Like, what do you think? Like, do people give it away for free? Do they charge for it? Like, you know, what what do we do with this discovery call when we know we have to have it? Okay. So I love this question. I have two, only two ways that people can get on free calls with me. I have, I want to work with you, Nikki, and I'm not sure what, like which, which thing to buy. That's going to be a straight up discovery call. We can, mm-hmm. and, I'll, and I'll happily give my time, you know, multiple times a week for somebody to have one of those, not to the same person, but there's multiple opportunities a week for somebody to get on one of those calls with me. The other thing that I have is I do a selling strength assessment where I'm asking them specific questions about themselves and they're learning something about themselves. I'm not coaching during that call. That's a useful tool. They'll walk away with useful information, but at the end, we're going to talk about, you know, are you interested in hearing about ways for us to work together? Because I have the opportunity to then turn that into a sales call. So that I'm never just going to get on a call with somebody who's like, Nikki, I just want to pick your brain. I have, I actually, I started selling, I call them spotlight coaching sessions and people can get on a 15 minute call and pick my brain for 15 minutes, but they've paid money to do it. So there's only two ways you can get on a free live call with me. If you're not a paying client. 
straight up discovery. I want to hire you, Nikki. I'm just not sure which is the right package for me, or I want to do a selling strength assessment. Mm, love it. So good. So good. Thank you. I, I know uh, our Amplify community right now is probably going, oh my gosh, how do I find out more? You know, where do I start? Like, especially if they recognize they've been doing a lot of these sales pieces wrong. Uh, what would you suggest uh, for a resource for someone to get started? Well, I have a resource for your listeners that kind of walks through the kind of the discovery the proposal piece and the close and give some language. Those are the last three steps in the selling staircase. And it's an ebook called closing the sale. And I will happily gift that to your listener. Um, the person who's listening right now, who wants a little bit more, you can get it by going to your sales maven and maven is M A V E N. So your forward slash amplify. And that's specific for your audience. And I would happily gift that to them, this ebook that's got some steps and some language for them around that. Nice. I like it. I like it Thank a lot. Ah, I'm actually going to get the book too. Oh, <laughs> I, want, I want, yeah, I want to see, you know, what it is that you're, you're uh, teaching because, you know, I'm, I'm passionate about improvement. It's like my wiring is what's the little tiny tweaks we can make to get better results. And if you can create one tiny tweak in your sales process and get a, you know, 50% improvement, hundred percent, 200% improvement. It's worth investing the time and money in learning those skills. So I'd love that this is a free ebook to get started. Uh, YourSalesMaven.com forward slash Amplify. We will hook that up in the show notes for you as well. So Nikki, this is the time in our conversation where I like to ask some fun questions, get a little bit behind the scenes with Nikki and, you know, maybe learn a little bit about your mindset and how you got okay. where you are today. Uh, what would you say is the boldest thing you've ever done to get where you are today? Mm. I'm going to say the boldest thing I've ever done is invest a significant amount of money in my own coach before I really could afford it. <laughs> like before the money was coming in, I was like, I know this person has something that I need to learn. And if I can learn it and implement it, it's going to pay for itself. So I'm a big, like you, like I, I say, I'm a lifelong learner and I'm willing to always invest in my personal and professional development because I, because I'm a good implementer and I'm going to get results from it. So I'm pretty bold about what I will invest. Oftentimes when I have meetings with my, with my CFO, she's like, wait, what did you, what did you spend? What did you, what, what is this? And I'll, you know, there are certain things now where she's like, okay, I know you're going to, I know you're going to make that money back. Good. Great. Go. Nice. I love it. That is probably one of the top three answers is. Oh, really? That, yeah. That, you know, that stretch to invest in yourself before you know how it's going to pay off. And it's like, am I really going to spend this kind of money? Yeah. Yeah. The investing in your future success is such a huge leap of faith. And if you do it well, it is the best decision you'll ever make. I agree with you. Um, what is one thing you wish you would have done sooner? Mm, I wish I, can I say two things? Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I wish I had invested in SEO sooner of hiring somebody to help me with SEO in my business. Definitely that. And I wish I had started my podcast sooner. Frankly, I waited, yeah. I waited. I didn't, I actually just launched it in 
March of 2020, which is like the worst time ever to launch anything. Um, and <laughs> or it's the been, best time ever <laughs> or the best time, I guess it's been super fulfilling and super rewarding. And the clients, my clients that come from my podcast have just been an unbelievable, like whole new level of clients. And so those are my two answers, SEO and launching my podcast sooner. Why do you think the podcast became such a good decision for you? Well, it came, it, it really came about because I was doing a lot of guesting on podcasts and I had multiple people say to me, Nikki, I binge you on, a, on podcasts. And I was like, how can you binge me? I don't even have a podcast. And they were saying like, oh, I just go into my, whatever my podcast app and I search for your name. And then here's this list of podcasts that come up. That was really the catalyst, but I think I could have done it sooner. And I just was like, I don't know, will anybody listen? But as soon as people started saying, I'm binging you on podcasts, I was like, well, obviously they want to hear. I've got some message that resonates with some person. So I feel like I might have a built-in audience when I start the podcast. And I did, which has been amazing. I love that. Yeah. I, I think having a podcast is one of the best decisions for so many reasons, but I oftentimes people wait too long and they wish they would have done it sooner. And so I was curious what that trigger was for you. Cause there's probably someone listening that needed to hear that today. <laughs> yes. If somebody's telling you, they go and listen to you on other people's podcasts. That is uh, for me, I'm like, I wish I would have done it the first time somebody said it to me and not waited until like the fifth or sixth time where I was like, Oh my gosh, people are binging me. Like I kind of didn't believe it at first. <laughs> so yeah. yeah. Believe That's it. Awesome. If somebody's saying it to you, go launch your podcast. There you go. Great advice from Nikki Roush. Thank you so much for joining us today. And remember that your discovery calls are meant to be a gateway to working with you. And if they're not converting into paying clients fast enough, you need to fine tune that skill. Go turn to Nikki, get her book. We'll link it up in the show notes for you. This is a skill worth mastering. So thank you, Nikki. Thanks for being here today. And I can't Thanks wait to hear me. your breakthroughs. Come on into the Amplify Your Success, uh, sorry, the Amplify Your Authority Facebook group and tell Nikki and I how you are going to implement something you learned from our interview today. All right. Bye, everybody. Thanks for tuning in today, Amplifier. Be sure to join us right now in the Amplify Your Authority community at authorityamplifiers.com. And I'll share my seven proven tips to be a highly paid expert that stands out in a crowded market. Plus, we're going to keep this conversation going. And I want to hear from you how you're going to amplify your authority and make a greater impact. Before you go, please take a minute to give our show and our guests some love over on your favorite podcasting platform. Subscribe, rate, and review. Leave your full name and I'll spotlight you and your authority on social media. <laughs>